Please open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 2. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. God takes it very seriously how his word is preserved. You know, in Old Testament times, they had a, a, a safety mechanism for the preservation of God's word, where they knew it was going to be 100% accurate because the original scrolls were placed within the Ark of the Covenant. And you could go to, if you felt like it, if you could, you could go to the Ark of the Covenant, open it up, and read those words and make sure that what you were being taught was exactly the same as what was in there. God takes it very seriously, the meddling of his word. And yet, you know, there are some Bibles in this world that like to meddle with God's holy word. Sometimes it's to justify a religious practice that's not authorized by Scripture. So they remove the Scripture entirely, like Acts 8, verse 37, where Philip asked the Ethiopian eunuch if he wanted to be baptized. And of course, the Ethiopian eunuch had to reply, well, the churches that removed that believed in infant baptism. That caused a problem, because how are you going to ask a baby, do you want to be baptized for your sins? The baby's just going to look at you and go, ah, <laughs> doesn't know. But instead of changing their religious doctrine, they changed their scriptures. And this, in old practice, goes back to the second and third century in the, the Far Eastern churches. Well, we know from the word of God that God is not a liar. He's not a liar. And please remember these words. He's not a liar. Because by just changing just one word or just removing one word from Scripture, any Scripture in any Bible can turn Jesus into a liar. And do you know there are 21 versions of the Bible, not really Bibles in my opinion, that do just that? Over in Numbers 23 and verse 19, the Bible tells us quite clearly that God is not a man that he should lie. But God is not a liar at all. You see, when God says he will do or not do something, you can be sure he will keep his word. So if a Bible changes something to make God look like a liar, watch out. That's not from God, period. Believe it or not, some Bibles have and perverted Greek texts actually turn our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, into a liar. And you can see for yourself in this following story. The Lord Jesus had just spent the last few months in Galilee. And the Jewish leaders wanted him dead as fast as possible. In John 7 verse 1, it says his own people sought to kill him. Now the Lord knew it, but Jesus is God. So he chose the time and the place of his death, and he would choose the time and place of his death, not man. It wasn't time for him to die just yet. He had many miles to walk and much to do in the world before that came, before he chose to surrender his life. Yes, he was going to die at Jerusalem, but not until the exact moment he had known since the foundation of the earth. Revelation 13 and verse 8 says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So he ministered in Galilee, and he avoided Judea, but things were about to change. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. And each year, every single Jewish male was required to attend three feasts in Jerusalem. There was the Feast of Unleavened Bread, 
the seven days that began the Passover feast. Then there was Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, and then the Feast of Tabernacles, around September, October in our calendar. And they were known as the three pilgrimage festivals. Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus' half-brothers, James, Joseph, Simon and Judas, were packed and ready to leave. The caravan was already moving down the road, and these early birds wanted to get into the city so they could get a good room. We can almost hear them calling out, come on, let's go. Then they saw Jesus. Why wasn't he packed? He wasn't going to stay home during the required feast, was he? That wasn't like him. That goody two-shoes never acted like everyone else in his family. He never broke a rule. It was like Moses was living in their house. But they didn't believe in him, did they? John 7 verse 5 tells us this. And were probably a little jealous of all the attention that he got. So they did what many siblings do. They mocked their big brother. James, the next eldest, was probably the one doing most of the talking. Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou dost. John 7 verse 3. So were they encouraging Jesus? Not hardly. Jesus' entire hometown of Nazareth had lost out on seeing any big miracles because of their unbelief. John 7 verse 33. So the brothers hadn't seen Jesus' miracles either. They'd only heard stories about him. And they had their doubts. But don't let the brothers' holy speech fool you. They continued, For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. John 7 verse 4. They were basically saying, you can't be a public figure and hide in secret, Jesus. Sarcasm dripping from their every word. If you're from a family with lots of brothers, you know all about that. If you're able to do miracles, show the world. And if thou do these things, notice what they said. Their words echoed the words used by the devil, don't they? If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread, Luke 4, 3. If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, Luke 4 and verse 9. What could Jesus do? You see, it looked like he had two options in front of him. Option A, stay in Galilee and break the law of Moses. Or option B, go out in public and possibly get killed by the Jewish leaders who were actively seeking his life. Which would Jesus choose? Well, according to some Bibles, some Bibles, this is what happened next. And check your Bible to see if it says the same. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. This Bible version says Jesus chose option A, to stay in Galilee and for the first time in his entire life, break the Jewish law that he himself as God gave to Moses. But wait, the story is not over. Let's look at the next verse. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. So according to this Bible version, he didn't break the law of Moses after all. He just lied to his brothers about what he planned to do. Do you understand the doubt this Bible version creates? First it says the Lord Jesus told his brothers he was not going to the feast. 
So his brothers thought he was going to break the law of Moses intentionally, and that's a crime against God. They would have gone up to Jerusalem thinking Jesus broke the law. They would never again feel the same about him. Now they would object whenever anyone would call him blameless or sinless. They could say, well, Jesus broke the law. It was all a lie. If this Bible version were true, that's what they would have thought all the way up to Jerusalem. But that's not all. One day at the feast, they would have looked over and seen Jesus and thought he sneaked down into Jerusalem. After him telling us he was staying and not coming. Okay, they would have thought. So he didn't break the law of Moses after all. Instead, Jesus just lied to us, his own brothers. How would they ever believe him again? His own brothers would never believe him when he said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, verse 6. Not until he had risen from the dead. The Bible says clearly that God never tells lies, doesn't it? But this Bible makes it look like Jesus lied. So does this Bible falsely imply that Jesus is not God? That's what it's saying. You've got to be careful with these guys. Do you see the trouble of this defective Bible, but that this, the trouble this the defective Bible makes? The lies it pushes. How can you even call this a Bible? But don't worry, it's not the real Bible. This Bible depended on an ancient manuscript that was headed for the fireplace. That manuscript was so messed up that it was corrected by up to 10 different people over the years until at last they gave up and finally abandoned it in a desert monastery. Yes, the translations of this Bible put their faith in a piece of trash and changed their Bible version to match it. That Bible also depended on the Roman Catholic Latin Vulgate. And do you know what caused all this confusion? One missing English word. Just one word made up of three letters. Y-E-T. Yet. Look again at that crucial verse in a complete Bible. Go ye up unto this feast. I will not, I will go not up yet unto this feast. For my time is not yet full come. See how one word changes everything? Just one word. That is completely different. Now it makes perfect sense. Jesus wasn't going to go with his brethren. But he was still, he still intended to go. He wasn't going to break the law of Moses. And he didn't lie to his brothers. He just went in his own timing, away from the crowds, avoiding those who wanted to kill him. And the next two verses back up this perfectly. When he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. What a huge difference one little word makes. I don't know about you, but I could never trust a Bible that is based on flawed manuscripts and makes the Lord Jesus Christ into a liar. There are a great many Bibles that have removed the word yet from John chapter 7 and verse 8. Bibles such as the Good News Bible, the Jerusalem Bible, the New Jerusalem Bible, the New American Standard, the um, RSV, Revised Standard Version, and the New International Version, just to name a few. There's 21 that I've counted so far. That's a lot of so-called Bibles. 
And they cannot be the perfect words of God, for they are the imperfect words of man. But brace yourself, we're just getting started. That missing word changes so much, but it's not just one word that's missing from some of these Bibles. The New International Version has over 300 words missing. Entire verses taken out, based on manuscripts which were corrupted to suit the doctrines of churches, many of whom have long since disappeared, and many of whom have grown up to become the most dangerous, false Christian churches in the world today. We must be careful for our own soul's sake and the souls of others. You see, we apply what God's word says to our lives and we obey what God's word says. We don't change it to suit ourselves. We do not have that right. We do not have that authority. But a great many people in the past thought that they did. They thought they could change God's word on earth and God would agree with it in heaven. But that's not what the scripture meant. That's not what the scripture says. We are to be the protectors of scripture. You see, Jesus is not a liar. 1 Peter 2.22 tells us this. And we have no reason to doubt him. The word of God says that we must be baptized in order to forgive, in order to receive forgiveness of our sins. Mark 16.16, that's one of the verses they've tinkered with but they've tinkered with a great many others, removing them all for the sake of man-made ideas and not for what is written in the word of God. Many will look at these versions of the Bible and they'll say, oh, see the contradiction between this verse and the contradiction between that verse? Of course there's contradiction because it's not the word of God. It's been changed, it's been corrupted. But you can see how 21 English Bibles were completely misleading people by removing just one word, yet. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by these perversions of God's word. The word of God is true, it is steadfast. God's word has been with us for 2,000 years. It did not disappear until 1950 when the people of, who created the New International Version decided to come along and do it. It did not disappear from the world for almost 2,000 years until the Jesuit order decided to create their own version of the Bible, which made sure that that road would lead to Rome. The Bible's road leads to heaven. No wonder they would seek to stand in the way and deceive those who, who read its holy words. If you're not a Christian this evening, I beg you to obey the words of Jesus Christ to be baptized so you can be forgiven of your sins. And if you are a Christian, you need our help in any way, then we are here for you as we stand and sing the song of invitation. Thank you.